Welcome to Lose Yourself with Dr. Mike Cunningham, Bible teacher in Vineyard, Utah. When we lose ourselves in worldly distractions, we lose our value, our purpose, and our passion in exchange for temporal experiences. But Jesus says that whoever would lose their life for His sake will find it. Let's learn what it means to lose yourself with Dr. Mike. Welcome to Lose Yourself. I'm Dr. Mike Cunningham, and I'm so glad you could join me for today's program. Well, we have a special treat today. I have in the next few episodes, an interview with Ron Hunter, President and CEO of Randall House and D6, which is a discipleship program for families. And we're gonna be talking about the state of discipleship and his unique take on that. As you know, the heartbeat of Lose Yourself as a program is a call to discipleship, and I look forward to learning about Ron's unique approach. Let's get started. Again, the reason why I chose Lose Yourself is just, you know, you gotta have a tagline, right? Yeah. Why are you going to church? The hardest people to disciple are the people who come with a posture of, what am I gonna get out of this? How That's the, right. How is this church attendance or this youth pastor, youth ministry, children's ministry, how is this going to allow me to accomplish my goals that I have for my life? Yeah. And and we're just gonna supposed to be the scaffolding or the resources to help them accomplish that. How does that perspective inform discipleship in your view? Yeah, I mean, you just kind of nailed it in, in a couple of ways. And, and I'm going to go the negative and then to the positive. So the negative of, you know, coming in that self-absorbed way or lose yourself and then to that, that positive, lose yourself in the right manner with scaffolding. So the, the first would be when, when we realize that if we're coming to church and we've got to make it all about my preference in worship, my preference in translation, my preference in the time that we meet, my preference in how the pastor dresses or whoever on staff. I mean, I could, I know I'm stepping on whatever toes. Are you out saying there. that that happens? <laughs> never, never. Right. Um, but we do make it about ourselves so much so that we could tell that another generation different from us. We're okay. If you go to hell, as long as I get my preferences. Right. And I know that's strong, but that's, we would never say it out loud, but that's what we act like. So if we would come to church and go, hold it, it's not about me. I'm willing to be a little uncomfortable if my kids and grandkids will open up God's word and engage in what's happening. So then we get to the point, let's go back to the secular world. I don't know many moms and dads that do not want their kids to do better than what they did. So they want to set them up for travel ball so that hopefully they'll get a scholarship. They want to set them up for the right school so that they get the right career offers. They always want to position their kids in every area except spiritual discipleship. It's so true. And I just want to ask, when are you going to come along and put the same effort and passion into parenting your kids in a discipleship way, the way you're worried about their paycheck at some point in the future? And you know what? I'd rather my kids make far less money and be in a wonderful relationship with Jesus Christ, living a life of ethics and honor than to be. And and I realize you can make six figures and still live that kind of lifestyle. But if they've not seen it modeled out of parents, the probability of that happening goes down significantly. Therefore, we need what you said, that scaffolding, which is the church rallying around strong discipleship and and theology and a trajectory. They're the launching pad. They're the on-ramp. They're whatever metaphor we want to use so that we're launching them or or getting them onto the road of everyday life Monday through Saturday. But then the parents have to come alongside and keep that conversation going. Absolutely. In fact, my, my concern over the last two years has been twofold of emphasis. 
while we've written a lot about family ministry, I think one of the greatest weaknesses is that parents don't know how to have solid, deeper level conversations with their kids. And I've spent two books and a whole journal doing nothing but giving moms and dads that insight into trying to get over that hurdle. Cause it's easy when they're kids like uh, birth through age nine, 10 yeah. parents can converse easily. Kids are asking tons of questions, right. almost the point they're getting on our nerves. So when they cross that hurdle of age 10 or 11, right. they stop asking us questions and they start seeking those questions elsewhere. Right. And now every time we see them, it's like, did you do your chores? You didn't treat your, your, your sister well. You know, why'd you get this bad grade? Do you have homework? And all it is is that negative. It's not heart level. It's performance level. Right. And that takes us into another arena. Are we caring more about our kids performing rather than being? I will own my participation in previous things that we tried in church and they just didn't work. Yeah. And that is. I think we've all been there. And I think that during the 90s to the early 2000s, we were making promises about church that just were not accurate. Yeah. Come to church. It'll make you more successful. Well, yeah. yes, there are some scriptures that if you'll abide by Christ's teachings, yes, you will probably be more physically fit and more disciplined. You will not make lifestyle decisions that are going to hinder your life. And yes, but that there's a difference between that and making that behavior modification the be-all, end-all in church. Because we almost yeah. pretty much said, hey— Give your kids over to our ministry and we will make them successful, polite, chaste, amazing little kids and you'll be so pleased. And what happened was they figured out you could say the same thing for football. Well, it's mm -hmm. teaching them discipline and teaching them respect and teaching them hard work. You can get them there, but that's not yeah. the point. The point yes. is something much bigger and greater than ourselves. So true. So true. Again, in keeping things, the, the emphasis on where it's supposed to go, I mean, what are some of the biggest struggles and challenges we have, especially coming out of COVID? What are some areas where maybe your ministry has some advantages and has some resources for people who've maybe felt isolated and uh, yeah. feel alone in this process? Because in some cases, there were churches that couldn't meet and worship, and people have felt detached. And so in some ways, your ministry might be an actual lifeline to reconnect them with the church body and with their discipleship process. Yeah. I, I think before we talk about our resources, the question that I try to address with pastors is what is your purpose? What are you intending here? And uh, when, when they acknowledge, you know, their actual goals and motivations, then, you know, we can begin to work with it. And as a result, I would argue that during the, the worst of the pandemic, Pastors began to pivot, if you know that overused word. Yes. Um, <laughs> and I, I was don't forget I was made unprecedented. Aware of that's right. Pivot that's and unprecedented. Pivot that's right. and unprecedented. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> that's right. All the all those wonderful items. You know, I was I was made privy to a book before COVID that I think encouraged me during COVID. And we didn't publish it, so I'm not trying to self-promote here. Todd Bolsinger wrote it and it's called uh, Canoeing the Mountains. I read I would that. Put it in, yeah, oh, I, I put it in my top five leadership books I've ever read. Awesome. Yeah. And, and so he's quoting those those gurus like Ronald Heifetz and, yes. and James McGregor Burns and Chula and, and a number of other just brilliant, uh, uh, you know, theorists on leadership. But he sets it to the metaphor of Lewis and Clark. And as you know, Lewis and Clark was commissioned by Thomas Jefferson to explore the Northwest Passage, map it out, come back. You know, we can learn from it. You know, at that point, it was kind of understood that no uh, European white man had ever crossed, you know, the continental divide. 
in our country. So we didn't know what it looked like. And therefore we had assumptions. Mm-hmm. We as pastors and ministry leaders have assumptions. Hey, it's always going to be this way in front of us. And we keep going along. And then we hit the pandemic. And now we're in a position that Lewis and Clark found themselves when they topped the, 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 that first big mountain range at Lim High Pass in Idaho. They peer over and their theory was, can we canoe up the Missouri, up, up this river, get to the top of the mountain, hike our canoes over the peak, find another river, put it in and coast down to the Pacific Ocean across whatever flat plain lies ahead of us. And as they peeked over that pass, They didn't see a a, a coasting downhill slide. They saw mountain range after mountain range as far as the eye could see. And here's the phrase, the world in front of me looks nothing like the world behind me. Right. That's where we've been and that's where we are. And therefore, they had to give up their canoes. They had to put on snowshoes. They had to use repelling gear. They basically, their mission of exploring the Northwest Passage did not change. The method to get there did. And that's what we as ministry leaders have to acknowledge is our mission and purpose to disciple and reach people for Christ has not changed. But the but how we do it and the culture around us is significantly different. During the pandemic, we stepped in because D6, Deuteronomy 6, we had both church products and home products. And our home products are our devotional magazines that also aligns people in the same devotional area. So those conversations can easily take place every single day. And so we put together <laughs> what we called at-home bundles. And uh, we would mail those packs right to the home. Mom and dad would find their devotion. You know, Ethan and Warren would find their devotion and so forth and so on. And they could have that time together, even though they couldn't come to church. Right. But as soon as the pandemic reached a certain point, it seemed like a lot of lead pastors tossed out the emphasis on discipleship and put it back on let's gather for worship. Right. And it doesn't need to be an either or it can be a both and. And yet we abandoned that discipleship to bring people back together, even when they couldn't meet in their life groups or Sunday schools. All of a sudden now the at home went away and we're like, hold it. What? Deuteronomy 6 didn't have an expiration date. No. We just had the best opportunity ever to step in and do this. And and those are just a few of the resources. We've got a, we've got an app called the D6 family app has 440 questions in it that you could just pop open while you're driving in the car or in the checkout line or wherever at the restaurant or sitting around the dinner table. And there's fun questions. That'll change a road trip, won't it? It will. If your kids are are driving you nuts, there you go. There's a, there's an app. That's right. That's right. So you hand your phone to your son or daughter that there's a lesson in that one. We won't chase, <laughs> but have them, have them start reading those questions. Then they ask everybody in the family, Hey, how would you answer this one? And it's just fun. And as a result, what we had in that is the chance to start melting hearts together. Right. And if we can get moms and dads talking about the lighter stuff, it makes it easier to segue into the deeper stuff. Right. You know, only 20% of our conversation should be, you know, trying to dive deep. It sh- every conversation shouldn't be a sermon. Every summer conversation shouldn't be corrective. Right. We've got to have something that, that bridges these hearts together so that we can have a pass every time we want to have a conversation, we can cross over. But if we're not having those heart connectors, we don't have the right to cross over and have those uh, corrective conversations or, or whatever. So D6 is about providing resources and you'll find a ton of them. We have books that have various questions in them. Um, my recent, most recent book is a journal that's designed to help moms and dads or grandmas and grandpas to, um, follow the prompts in this journal. 
Mm. And it starts with what I call the paper or plastic, like, hey, what was your favorite movie, favorite books, favorite TV shows? And you list those. But on the other page, the other facing page on the right hand side, you list your son or daughter's favorite TV shows when they were growing up or Mm. as they're growing up. What's their favorite this and favorite that and favorite colors. And it just works you through from very lighthearted into, hey, what was my first job like and what did I learn? What was your child's first job like? What do you think they learned? Mm. What was a favorite teacher and what, why did they mean so much for you? And you answer those questions all the way through until you get towards the back of the journal. And it's like, hey, here's some prayers I prayed over your life. Wow. Here's some things I'd love for you to pray about. Wow. Hey, a Bible character in the, in, in the Bible that is my favorite is this person. Oh, and by the way, Mike, you remind me of this Bible character, and here's why. And you get to write this in your own handwriting and either present it to your son or daughter at whatever age that you think they're ready for it, you know, 25, 35. Many, I recommend letting them find it after you've gone. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you have a prodigal who has once in church and stepped away, you think finding a book like that won't change their mindset to know mom and dad was praying for me? They love me. They spoke these words of wisdom to me. And you got to be careful how you write it. You're not trying to use guilt or shame. No. You're just speaking honestly from your heart right. with love, these little conversations that are put on pages. On that note, when you talk about prodigals, one of my pet peeves is kind of stat abuse. And we are in the church are really bad at that. And you yeah. and I uh, are matriculating or have matriculated from the same PhD where we learned a lot of the, about stat abuse. And That's right. um, they keep saying, lift the church never to return well you would have to that's not true you'd have to basically wait 50 years to even test that those are some assumptions and i always say that just because someone is prodigal now doesn't mean that they're going to be prodigal a year from now two years from now ten years from now you don't give up no like you said even in a heirloom or a keepsake that is left to them there's always hope we're out of time but we'll continue this conversation on our next episode of Lose Yourself. This has been Lose Yourself. Lose Yourself is a teaching ministry of Bible teacher, Dr. Mike Cunningham. For more information about Mike and his ministry, check out his blog at loseyourself.life. Until next time, make it your ambition to lose yourself to Christ. Lose Yourself is a production of Key Radio.